Welcome to r slash, a podcast where I read the best posts from across Reddit. Today's subreddit is r slash malicious compliance, where OP takes his boss's advice and quits. Our next Reddit post is from Linda Lee. I worked at a bar my freshman year, and I had a manager who was incredibly patronizing and rude. She would speak to everyone in the most disrespectful way, and she was even worse with the employees of color. She said she thought that we were stupid all the time. My coworker, Alex, a black bus boy, got it the worst. She might as well have been calling him boy. We complained on his behalf several times, and nothing happened. It was also well known that Alex was working a lot to pay down some unexpected debt. One day I came around the corner and the manager was yelling the classic, If you don't like it, then quit whenever you like. Alex just turned red and shook it off. Two days later, Alex told me that he had another job lined up, and he would work both jobs for a while and then cut back on this one. One day after that was one of our busiest days of the year. However, it wasn't a very profitable day because tips were sporadic and everyone got so trashed. One of our two bussers called out sick, and our manager was pissed. Alex became the only busser, and the manager refused to help him. At one point, I couldn't find him, so I just started bussing my tables because I had a busy but chill section, but still, dishes were piling up in the bag. I called my manager to come help me. She said something rude about Alex, went upstairs, and actually waited by the bathroom door pacing back and forth. That was so creepy and inappropriate. She got a male coworker to check the bathroom, but Alex wasn't in there. Then she went upstairs. Alex's stuff was gone. His locker was open with a piece of paper that says, F you, manager. I quit now. Happy St. Patrick's Day. The manager had to do the work of two men all night for no tips. The rest of us made bank for not having to tip out any bussers. No other coworker would come in to help her because they hated her. She cried when she saw that we had each made over $500 in less than six hours, and she couldn't have any. I found out later the bussers planned this out, and one pretended to be sick so they could force her to work the most chaotic day of the year, and then cover all of Alex's shifts for the rest of the week. She was suspicious, but she couldn't prove anything. Alex's new job is apparently much better and full-time. Our next Reddit post is from Lenzava. So this was back in the early 2000s. I was 17 years old, and I had very interesting parents. At least, my psychologists have said so. I got my license on my 16th birthday, and I became responsible for many of my parents' house management responsibilities. I dropped off bill payments, did grocery shoppings, and drove my younger siblings around. I was completely on board with this because I loved driving, and I'd always get a couple of extra bucks in gas money. But also, my mother made me drive to her company over an hour away and work for 40 hours a week for free. So any freedom that I got was like throwing scraps at a starving dog. At that point, I was pretty much an adult. And they finally allowed me to stop being homeschooled and go to public school my senior year so I could reconnect with my old friends from grade school. It was kind of like being half teen, half adult, with the entitlement of a teenager who thinks that they're an adult. My family's dynamic was interesting to say the least. I was the oldest, and my younger sister was the obvious favorite. Each of my developmental milestones was met with resistance as I grew into new interests like makeup, music, and social activities. And my parents insisted on getting the same things for both of us and giving us the same freedoms at the same time, even though my younger sister was three years younger than me. However, the rules were strict for me, but never enforced for her. 
For example, I wasn't allowed to date until I was 18, and she was allowed to date at 14. They also paid for my younger sister's shopping all the time. I had to work for free, but my sister never had to work. But we're so proud of you. You're the only child that we can trust with the credit card. Yeah, because I've been doing unpaid child labor since I was 14. I counted the days until I'd be free of my family, but while I was stuck, I found other ways to have fun, and I had a lot of friends. When I was 17, my parents randomly gave me a curfew. I never actually had a curfew up until that point, and I was used to being out until 2 or 3 a.m. But in their words, You're gonna be home by 10 p.m. every night because you keep coming in late and waking us up when you brush your teeth. Yeah, neglect is kind of funny when you look back on it. I especially love that I was a teenager who still brushed her teeth every day, and it inconvenienced my parents enough to notice me. An additional background tidbit is that my younger sister had been caught with pot in our evangelical Christian home. She was in the most trouble she'd ever seen, grounded for one month, but they let her off the hook after two weeks. That occurred one month before the following story. So, one month after my parents gave me my curfew, I was five minutes, yes, five minutes late getting home. I didn't rush home, and I figured it was no big deal. After all, I made their house function, and I never got in trouble besides from brushing my teeth too late. I was pretty much an adult with adult responsibilities. I could literally ask my mom to call in sick for school because I didn't feel like going, and she would do it. Boy, was I wrong. My parents went nuclear. I was screamed at for an hour and grounded for two weeks from the car. Well, growing up in that house, it kind of rolled off my back, lol. But I was pretty angry that my punishment for being five minutes late was equal to my sister's punishment for storing and smoking drugs in our house. I also knew that my parents were about to regret this punishment. I have quite the mean streak when I'm pushed, and I'm ashamed to admit it, but I love torturing them at every opportunity. I know they were expecting me to beg for the car and apologize, but I didn't. I knew exactly what was coming and how little they thought this went through. There's that phrase, don't kill the golden goose. Well, when your entire household runs off the shoulders of a 17-year-old, you've made some bad life choices. Especially when that 17-year-old is as smart and reliable as the adults are supposed to be. The next day, yes, the very next day, my mother comes into my room and asks me to drop off a bill that she forgot to mail. This is the conversation. I have to meet with a client and I don't have time. I need you to run this to the local utility company. Yeah, my mother never asked me to do something. She would just demand it. I looked up from my book and said, Sorry, but I'm grounded. Well, we'll make an exception. No, because then I'll never learn to not be five minutes late for curfew. Yeah, me being a smartass was the main reason why I wasn't their favorite child, as they've explained to me many times. I apparently had an attitude problem from the age of four. Well, I really need you to take this to our local utility company. If you don't, we'll have to pay a late fee. Well, if I'm grounded from the car, then I'm grounded from the car. I won't be doing any errands until it's over. She huffed off, realizing her mistake. I never followed up on how that one turned out for her. Over the next week, I started acting like a normal teenager. I walked over to my friend's house. After all, I was only grounded from the car. And I would call my parents whenever I needed a ride home. Lol, that was my favorite. I can't be late for curfew, and you don't want me walking home in the dark. I actually walked so much and so far that my thighs were rock hard at the end of the week. 
During that week, my parents looked like a mess. They had to drive my sister everywhere and learned how exhausting it really was. They had to actually plan their errands and watch their own kids. Meanwhile, I was on vacation. During that week, the request went from, we'll make an exception, to, we never meant that you couldn't run errands, to, these errands are the only reason why we let you drive the car, to, please, just this once, we only grounded you because we love you, to, you're so ungrateful, you're supposed to be the responsible one. Basically, they ran the whole gamut of manipulation. At this point, I was gaslight-proof, and I had actively hated my mom for over three years. By the end of the first week, my parents wanted to have a talk with me. My mother was a tougher parent of the two, and my dad was pretty cool, but always sided with her. We've decided that you've learned your lesson. We're letting you off your punishment early, but you have to start running your errands again and driving your siblings. Nah, I'm good with the current system. I insist. We don't have time to run errands. Well, maybe you should have thought about that before you took away my car. Well, if you don't run the errands, then you can't have the car back. Fine with me, and I walked out of the room like a proud peacock. After the two weeks were up, they assumed that it'd be back to normal, but nope. I basically told them that I'd rather walk, because the number of responsibilities far outweighed the benefits of driving. They were not happy, but what could they really do? They lasted one more week. I went careless for a total of three weeks. Finally, my mom broke down and did the unthinkable. She begged me. Well, the words were begging, the tone was sucking up, but I truly enjoyed it. It took all my energy not to beam with self-pride. Now, my mother was a saleswoman, and she had been inadvertently training me for years, and in that moment, I opened negotiations. In the end, I got an extra $10 a week in gas money on top of the 3 bucks here or there for unscheduled errands. I still had the curfew, but I got a few minutes grace period from then on. They never even dared to threaten to take my car or license away again. But the cherry on top was that my sister's personal taxi service was closed. Apparently, my sister treated my parents the same way that she treated me when I was driving her around, and from then on, she had to be nice if she wanted a ride. There were a few incidences where she tried to get my parents to force me to take her someplace or tell her where I was going, but they didn't. They knew better than to kill their golden goose of home management. And for the rest of the year, I finally had a great childhood because I was left alone on my own terms. Our next Reddit post is from Braywan Kenobi. While I was putting myself through university, I was working at a bicycle shop. I can honestly say that this is the best place I've ever worked. The owners treated their staff very well, and so this shop retained loyal, highly capable employees that made loads of high-end sales. But what was somewhat unusual for a male-dominated industry in the mid-2000s was that there was an equal number of male and female employees. And the female employees were definitely the most qualified people for the job. One was an engineer for a bike company, one was a highly successful triathlete and XC racer, and even one of the owners was a woman. I had a university degree, which meant that, by far, I was the least impressive woman working at this place. I just liked bikes. One day, a guy who was maybe 50 or 60 came into the shop. I was the first on the scene. He said he was looking to buy a bike, and so I started going through the usual probing questions to determine what kind of bike he was looking for. Simple questions like, did he ride on the road or trails? Even the most incapable salesperson could use the answers to these questions to point the guy in the right direction. But this guy seemed highly resistant to talking to me or answering my questions, and he finally said, 
Is there someone else I could talk to? Maybe he just didn't like my sales approach, or maybe I seemed too young to be knowledgeable. But since he didn't even give me a chance to prove myself, and he seemed to be staring longingly at my busy male colleagues, I had a hunch that he didn't think a woman was capable of selling him a bike. So I smiled and said, of course. Lucky for me, there weren't any idle male employees in sight, so I grabbed one of the other women that I worked with, quietly letting her know my suspicions about this guy. Before I was even out of earshot, I heard this man agitatedly say, I need someone else. Suspicions confirmed. So we purposefully seek out yet another extremely capable female employee to help this man. When he sees her approach, he shouts, Just let me speak to your manager. So, in struts the owner, who's very eager to join our malicious compliance stunt, with a beaming smile on her face. I'm the owner. What can I do to help you today, sir? The utter defeat on his face is something that I'll never forget. Down in the comments, we have this story from Nihilistic Thrill. There's really a point where a customer's value severely drops off. I took a job managing a restaurant for an owner who just bought it. The place had been open for years and had a lot of regulars. In particular, there was a group of men, seniors, who came for breakfast every morning. I say breakfast, but really, we were lucky if they ordered more than a coffee. They sat around enjoying free refills, maybe some toast sometimes, and generally were loud and kind of rude. Not great customers, kind of jerks, but ultimately more or less harmless, so they got a pass. Until one day, one of them was angry that his toast wasn't cooked to his very exact specifications. He complained about his precious toast often, and most of us were used to it. Today, for some reason, he decided to grab the teenage waitress and personally blame her for his toast not being perfect. In the middle of the restaurant, he started insulting her, shouting, and dressing her down. By the time I came out to investigate, the girl was already in tears, running for the door. The owner had seen all of this transpire and stormed down to the customer's table. Get out, he shouted at them. The older man got super indignant and started a tirade about how he's a loyal customer. He'd been coming here every day for 20 years. That he'd sunk so much money into this place and he'd tell all of his friends not to come here, blah, blah, blah. The owner said, you spend two sixty a day on coffee and toast. Do you know what it costs me to hire employees? I don't need your bus fare. Get out. Our next reply is from CSP. A patient comes into my pharmacy and says, I'm here for my COVID test appointment. I said, I'm sorry, but you must be mistaken. We only do the tests on Tuesdays and Thursdays because of our lab's delivery system. No, I signed up for the test. He then shows me the forms for the antibody test. I explained to him that this isn't a COVID test, it's for the antibodies, and it won't tell him if he at this present moment has the virus. He tells me he needs a negative result for his son's soccer camp, so we have to just do it. The manager steps in to remind him that this isn't the same thing. The patient starts getting mad and interrupts the manager to say, Look, you don't know what they do and don't require for my son's camp, so just give me the damn test that I paid for. Okay, we do the test. While waiting for the results, the patient walks around the store, and my manager calls the soccer camp registration manager and confirms with him that the antibody test won't work for them. Camp check-in is in one hour. The patient comes back, we let him see his results, ring him up, and give him his receipt. Then the manager tells him about the conversation with the soccer manager. The patient is pissed, yelling that he wants a refund and that we tricked him. The manager says, 
No, sir. I tried to explain the difference to you, and you told us to give you what you paid for, so we did. Your lack of understanding isn't our fault, and we're not responsible to pay for that. I effing love my job, but big shout out to my manager who has zero patience for Karen's. That was our slash malicious compliance, and if you like this content, be sure to follow my podcast, because I put out new Reddit podcast episodes every single day.